This can't be happening, man. This isn't happening. I can't take it anymore. Beat it, you hippie. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. All righty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today, it's not going to be so much about stories as it is impressions and discussion. I've got a topic in mind that's not exactly stories, but it has some stories attached to it, so I hope you'll bear with me as I get through this. It's really inspired by society today, both our day-to-day lives and also the political world in which we live. For perspective, I'm recording this in 2019, shortly after the Mueller report was released. For those who need a historical reference, you can Google that if you're listening to this five years down the road. And if you're listening to it now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Our political world is really kind of a mess. Our social world is a little nasty these days. And life is a little less friendly than it seemed to be just a few years ago. And all of that has inspired this episode. Partly because we all look back and say, well, things were better in the old days. And the current occupant of the White House has that philosophy. We need to make things the way they used to be. I don't disagree that things were different in the olden days, but things were not all peaches and cream. Things were not all rosy. The world has always been mean and nasty. It's just that we used to be better at covering it up and hiding the fact that there's nastiness in the world. Part of the reason for the episode today is society used to be a little friendlier. People used to be a little nicer. People used to keep their crappy opinions to themselves instead of broadcasting it on Twitter. People used to be a little more honest, friendly, thoughtful. And I wanted to talk about that a little today because part of that is upbringing. Part of that is societal pressure. And part of that is because of the way things used to be. Now, I know we're going to be jumping around on topics a little bit today, and I know I'm not going to cover everything that I wanted to today. So I'm going to throw things out there, and you can listen to them, and you can say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Or you can say, that gamer dude is such an idiot. Either way, I just hope you listen, because maybe it'll give you just a little perspective on the world. We all think that we're the center of the universe. We don't actively think that, but we all think the things that we think about and the things that are happening to me right now are the most important things. And they're not. (laughs) They're just not. I know that it's heartbreaking to learn that you're not the center of the universe, but having perspective on the world and on the universe and on history is important to understand where we are today and to maybe help make a difference. The first thing I wanted to touch on was the political world in which we live. We have a lot of hatred. We have a lot of animosity. We have a lot of divisiveness. And people gnash their teeth and rend their garments about how uncivil our world is and how out of control the government is and how things could be happening the way they are. And I'm not going to deny our democracy is under attack and the very foundations upon which this government and this society that we live in are being eroded. And the fact that that's happening is one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about why society is the way it is and why people are the way they are and how things used to be in the hopes that it might inspire some people to make changes. But our government has not always been a wonderful thing. Our government has been really crappy for the 200 years that we've been around, 200 plus, technically. I mean, don't forget 
that in World War II, the United States government created internment camps for American citizens of Japanese descent and rounded up Americans and put them behind bars and in cages and behind fences and segregated them from the rest of society. And they were able to do that because it was easy to see that they looked different. The United States government under Franklin Delano Roosevelt did this in World War II. It's just a fact. You can look it up and find out what was going on and what the thought processes were and how dangerous everybody thought it was. And there were all kinds of justifications for doing it. But that's what the government did. By the way, they didn't round up German Americans or Italian Americans who we were also fighting in World War II. It was easier to find the Japanese Americans. Don't tell anybody we were profiling. And yes, I could probably do a whole episode on that, but we're not. I'm just talking about it as a means of perspective of what the government has done. And it got fixed and things changed, but it happened. This country is also based on ejecting the indigenous people who lived here when we got here. The government did that too. Wholesale slaughter of entire people. Shh, we don't like to talk about that either. But it happened. Oh yeah, there was that part where the government also endorsed slavery. And yes, we fought a civil war about it, but the residuals of that practice still resonate today. And that was all government-backed. Shh, don't talk about it. We don't like to talk about that either. We like to pretend none of that happened because we're the greatest country ever. Don't get me wrong, I love this country and we are one of the great societies but we have our skeletons in the closet. And the period that we're going through now is not going to be well-remembered as one of the high points of American society. But compared to what's happened before, this is far from the worst of times. I believe that the situation will resolve itself eventually because we've come through a lot. But this is not nearly as bad as the stuff that the government has done. We also worry about the corporations and how capitalism is bad and the corporations are only out for money and they don't care about people and all that is true. None of it is new. None of it is new. It's always been that way. We're just noticing more. But if you want a perspective on how things have changed, just look at the evolution of unions. Why do you think we have unions? Why are unions so weak? Yes, they were overly strong for a period of time, but there's a balancing act that has to take place between management and labor, and unions are important to that. Why do you think we have child labor laws on the books? Because corporations used to work everybody to death. That's why management doesn't like unions. Management doesn't like people taking care of themselves. Management wants to get their profits and be done with it. People are simply working units to management. They're not people. They're cogs in the wheel. Oh, well, Smith can't show up and do his job today? Well, too bad for him. Bring in Jones. Smith's fired. Health benefits? We're not paying for health benefits. Get those people to work. That's management's philosophy. And unions exist to protect the workers from that philosophy. That's not to say all unions are wonderful, but they're needed to balance out the corporate greed that we've always faced. And here's your little homework from today's episode. I'm going to give you three things you can Google. Google the name Andrew Carnegie. Google the name Rockefeller. 
and Google the phrase robber barons, and then just dive down those rabbit holes and see where they take you. I'm not going to go into great detail about all of these people and where the money came from and what they all mean, but back in the late 1800s and the early 1900s, there were some really nasty businessmen wreaking havoc throughout the country. And if you want to educate yourself on it, because you're not going to get this education in school, you're not. If you want to educate yourself on it, just take a look down those three rabbit holes. If you want a fourth, you can Google the Kennedy family too. Shh, we don't talk bad about the Kennedys. But that's a whole other rabbit hole you can dive down, see where the fortune came from, and see how John Kennedy got elected president. I like Kennedy as a president, by the way. I thought he was a good president. But there's a history there. But I didn't even want to talk about the politics or the corporations. It's an important thing that's going on, and it's something that we should all be aware of and should try to regulate and try to keep under control, and we should keep watch on our government, and we should make sure that we elect people who will affect the changes that make society better for everybody instead of a select few. And we will do that if people go do what they're supposed to do. But that's not the point of today's episode. I know, I'm getting to the point about halfway through. But what all of that led me to was the topic of civility and morals and doing the right thing in the world. Because it seems to me that a lot of that has been lost over the years. People seem meaner to each other than they used to be. All you have to do is open up Twitter and you can find that out. People seem to have a whole lot more hatred for other people than they used to. People say and do things that 30 years ago I never would have thought that I would have ever seen people say or do. And it could be any number of things. One of the biggest and most glaring examples, of course, is all of the mass shootings that have been taking place over the years. It is mind-boggling to me that this stuff happens at all, let alone on such a regular basis. Mass shootings were not a thing when I was a kid. Mass shootings were not a thing when I was in my 20s or my 30s. Now, don't get me wrong. We had fights. We had disagreements. People broke up in relationships. People got fired. People got angry. But we were taught to walk it off, to suck it up, to get over it. Something bad would happen. We'd get mad. We'd get annoyed. And then we'd move on. It's different now. And part of that is because people feel free to act out however they want to act out now without fear of repercussion. But it's not even the mass shootings that are an example of how uncivil our society is today. If you look at the hatred spewed at some of the women streamers who are out there, the women creators, if you look at some of the hatred spewed at some of the people of color who do the same thing, stream, create, write, direct, act, it's mind-boggling to me. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying here that you can't believe anything you want. I've said this before in many other episodes of the podcast, and I'll say it again. You can believe anything you want. You can hate anybody you want. You're allowed to have whatever opinion you want. But when you turn that hatred, those nasty opinions, into actions, even if those actions are just words, and you get other people who share that opinion to pile on somebody with the same evil words, that's just not right. Because no matter what your opinion is, that doesn't make it fact. And it doesn't give you the right to assault people with your opinion. You can believe it. You just can't hit people with it. And here's the dirty little secret about living in a free society. You're allowed to believe what you want. 
but you don't have the right to impose your beliefs on everybody else. And years ago, we never would have dreamed of doing that. Now, why is that? Is it because our mothers told us, and those who are older will recognize this phrase, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. My mother said that to me more times than I can count. And I'm sure a lot of your mothers did too. But somewhere along the line, that phraseology, that sentiment, that rule of society has gone by the wayside. Is that a function of we're trying to be a freer society? Is it a function of we're trying not to make people feel guilty? Is it a function of we're trying to let people express themselves? Well, there is a difference between being free to express yourself and expressing yourself in such a way that you hurt other people. By the way, I was going to say there's a difference between being free to express yourself and being a dick, but I figured I'd piss people off with that one. When you expressing yourself results in hurting other people, that's where the expressing yourself is supposed to stop. And that's why you go down to Kelsey's bar at the end of the street and commiserate with all your like-minded friends and bitch about things there, and then you stop. That's the way it used to be. You didn't take your hatred public. You don't have a right to do that, especially if it results in this gang mentality of let's pile on whoever we're hating today. The hate groups used to sit around and bitch amongst themselves and then go home to the wife and kids. Nowadays, they think they have a right to action. They think they have a right to make people hear their nasty opinions and be subjected to them and be forced to conform their behavior to those nasty opinions. How did we get this way? How did we get to the point where so many people think that it's okay to impose their opinions, their beliefs, the way they think the world should be on everybody else, no matter what their beliefs might be? I think part of it is the way upbringing has changed. When I was a kid, my parents didn't want to be my friend. They weren't hanging out with me. They didn't want to hang out with me. They parented me. They gave me guidance. They taught me right from wrong. They taught me responsibility. They gave me rules to live by, and they enforced those rules. And while I still see parents do that today, I see a lot of parents don't do that. Well, we don't want to stifle the creative juices in our children. We want them to be able to express themselves. They're kids. They need guidance. They need discipline. You can allow them to express themselves, but your job as a parent is also to raise them in a way in which they fit into society, where there are rights and wrongs. There are moral questions that have moral answers, where you learn to do the right thing and not do the wrong thing. You teach them that behaviors, whether it's actions or words, have consequences. And too many parents these days don't teach those rules, don't teach those mores, don't teach those right and wrong lessons. Basically, the parent's job is to make sure that their kids don't grow up to be self-centered little dicks and to be aware of other people in the world and to interact with them in a responsible way. And too many parents are failing in this endeavor. And that reminds me of one of the stories from my childhood, one of the right and wrong lessons that I learned early on that has stayed with me all these years. My mom and my brother and sister were all walking along a street in the town near where I grew up. It's a town called Hackettstown, New Jersey. And we were walking along the street, Main Street in Hackettstown, and I was doing whatever little boys do. I couldn't have been more than seven or eight years old. 
And I happened to look down at the street and I saw a $10 bill lying on the sidewalk. $10 for an eight-year-old kid. Whoa, 10 bucks. And I picked it up and I showed my mom, 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 look, $10. Now, I don't remember the exact conversation that took place. I don't remember everything that she said, but what I do remember of that is this. And this is almost like an episode of The Andy Griffith Show, because this is the old school way that I was brought up. What should I do with it, mom? Well, what do you think you should do with it? Now, my first thought was not keep it. My first thought was not put it in my pocket. My first thought was, somebody's out 10 bucks. What do I do? Now, why was that my first thought? Upbringing? Because I was brought up to be a nice kid? Church? I don't know. But that was my first thought. I don't know a lot about child rearing, but I do know that that's not necessarily the natural reaction for most people. But that was my first thought. What we wound up doing was taking it to the local police station. Because there's no lost and found on Main Street in Hackettstown. So we went to the Hackettstown Police Department. And my mom took me into the headquarters and told me to turn in the $10 bill and say what happened. And so I did. Now, I don't know if my mom pulled the cops aside and had a conversation before I got there or while I was there. But I remember it being a big production. I turned in the $10. They gave me a receipt for the $10 bill. And they said to me that if nobody claimed it within 30 days, the $10 bill would be mine. Now, I don't know if there's a law to that effect. I don't know if there's a statute. I don't know if there's a regulation. But all I knew when I was eight years old was that the cops said that I did the right thing by turning in the $10. And if nobody claimed it in 30 days, I got to keep it. And of course, I kept track of the 30 days and nobody claimed it. So we went up to Hackettstown 30 days later and I got to keep the $10. So the lesson that I had learned was number one, do the right thing, turn in the money that's not yours. And if nobody claims it, you get to keep it. Because there's no way to find out who actually owned it. And that's the way it was explained to me. So I gave the person who lost it the opportunity to find it and to claim it. But if they didn't, then my reward for doing the right thing was the finder's keepers rule. Now, I mentioned church in that story. Going to church was another big thing when I was a kid. And going to church is not nearly as big a thing now as it used to be. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that religion is the cure for everything. You may or may not believe in God. You may or may not believe in whatever higher power you believe in. You may not believe in a higher power at all. But I will tell you this. When everybody went to whatever church they went to, whatever temple, whatever synagogue, whatever place of worship they went to, when everybody went there, they were taught right from wrong, good and evil, consequences for bad behavior. If not in this life, then in the afterlife. Whether you view God as an active participant in your life, or something like Santa Claus keeping a list of who's been good and who's been bad and sorting them out when they get to the pearly gates, or whether it's just a karma feeling. You do good, good things happen. You do bad, bad things happen. We all had a similar frame of reference. There was good and there was bad. And we were all taught that in Sunday school or in church. By the way, don't get me wrong. I know we were taught a lot of other crazy things, And church is real good at imposing guilt on you for doing things that ordinarily shouldn't make you feel guilty. But the basic framework of right and wrong, good and evil, doing good things, not doing bad things, that comes from church. And I'm not a huge advocate of all of the churches and all of the religions and all of the tenets of everything. Again, I'm going to take you down the history road. Go Google the Crusades. There were several Crusades. I don't even remember how many. 
those were religious wars waged on behalf of particular religions. I'm not going to take sides. Just go Google the Crusades. There's been more death and killing and destruction in the name of religion over the centuries than for any other reason, including these days. But it's not a new phenomenon. So I'm not here to advocate that everything about every religion is good. But the fact that when we were younger, this good and bad, right and wrong education was taking place, and that there was an accepted standard of good and bad and right and wrong, is something that we all accepted and recognized. That's something that's lacking in society today, that combined with the different style of parenting has led to a more selfish, less friendly, and candidly more nasty world because we don't know how to behave to each other anymore, and we don't care. Somewhere along the line, caring about other people has become less important in how the kids are brought up, how the kids are taught in school, and how people live their lives. That's not for everybody, but you see examples of it in so many people these days, far more than there used to be. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, folks who are older who listen to this, who are more in my age group, you'll recognize what I'm saying. I think you will. You may agree, you may disagree, but you'll recognize what I'm saying. For those of you who are a little younger, who haven't raised kids yet, who are living this on a more day-to-day basis than I am, because I'm in a place in my life I can check out. (laughs) I don't have to follow anybody on Twitter. I like to, but I don't have to. I don't have to subject myself to that. But for those who do, When the time comes to raise your kids, I'm not saying send them to church, but you can if you want to. I'm not saying you have to be a strict disciplinarian parent, but you do have to remember that you have a responsibility to raise responsible human beings in order to keep society functioning in a reasonable way. And a reasonable way is not only caring about themselves and their family, but everybody. Because we're all part of a family of humankind, and we have to take care of each other So that society, both in the United States and in the world, will continue to grow and thrive and develop and become something that we can be proud of and maybe leave to our kids and their kids and their kids a place that's better than it was when we were kids. So as you can see, I've got a lot on my mind these days. I've, I've, I've been watching the world and I've been wondering, why is it the way it is these days? So I'm still working my way through some of the things that I see and trying to find explanations and reasons and trying to find remedies to cure the ills of society because I'm in a position where I can at least try to point some people in that direction. I mean, I've been around the sun a few times. I've learned a little. I try to share the value of the experiences that I've had in the hopes that it might make your life and the world a better place. Not that I'm trying to say all of my answers are right, but I do like to think that if people lived in Gamer Dude world, everybody would be happy. Yeah, I'm that egotistical. Anyway, that's going to do it for today's episode of Storytime. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for putting up with my rants and ravings. Your support and your time mean the world to me, and I can't thank you enough. Until next time, you take care of yourselves, and I'll see you when I see you.